Wood chip is, as the name suggests, chips of wood or wood that's chipped. And it smells lovely. Yeah. It's a lovely smell off it. Yeah, it is. That, oh, that's that's um, yeah. slightly higher moisture content. Right. The moisture yes. content of wood chip is very important very in relation to its end use. But first, Nicholas Roberts explains that wood chip is made from pulp wood. Pulp wood is, I suppose, what's not any good in the crop. The best part of the crop is going to be your palate, which is a straight length. Your saw log then is going to be a straight length, but longer and maybe thicker in diameter. So the pulp wood is basically anything that's left after that. So crooked ones, the tops of the trees, the forked material. You're going to have 40 to 50% in your first thinning and then it'll reduce down as your crop gets bigger. So when you come to your last clear fell or your last thinning, you're going to have 25 or 30% pulp. This is the sound of the pulp wood being mashed up into wood chip. It's a busy morning at the Irish Wood Producers Wood Fuel Depot in New Ross. The man from the Danone Food Company has come for a catch-up. Danone use this wood chip in their boilers. It's in the boilers that the moisture content of wood chip becomes important. The boiler will only perform if it's at the moisture that the boiler wants it at. So the boiler in Danone can tolerate a higher moisture content, so it can be up to 45-50%. Whereas smaller boilers that I would deal with myself, it has to be at 20 or 25%. So the moisture content is crucial. And as well as that, you get paid on the moisture. So it's like grain or it's like any, any other crop, combinable crop. There's a sample taken, it's put in an oven, there's a formula, you take the moisture content out and that's what you get paid on. So we try and aim to have it 45, 40 to 45 for Danone and then other customers then it will be lower than that. And you wouldn't want to be leaving it out in the rain then, would you? The chip wouldn't want to be in the rain, no. So we built this shed here last October. Um, and it can hold uh, 380 tonnes of wood chip. Um, so there's enough for probably two weeks supply to Danone at that. And what yeah. do they use it for? Um, it's in, it's, they generate steam with it. Um, and then they use that in their process for manufacturing the baby food. Yeah, so I think they sell their excess as well to uh, Glambia. They have some sort of a link up with, with, with Lambia whereby the, if what they don't use, they can, they can sell the excess steam to them. But it's part of their process. It, 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 it's, it's obviously burned. It's a biomass, so it's burned and um, it generates steam. The pulp wood to be chipped for the Danone boiler is stacked horizontally all along the edge of a laneway at the New Ross Irish Wood Producers Depot. So this is just timber stacks from different sites from all around the southeast. So from Waterford, Wexford, Kilkenny, Wicklow, Carlow. Um, so it's all here from different times. So some of it's here six months and some of it's only here three months. So depending on where the timber came from, it dries quicker. But um, bringing it to the depot here, the depot is well situated for it to dry as quickly as possible, optimum. Because sometimes we have timber from sites and it's from a kind of a peaty site, wet, kind of a wet area. And the timber would, would never dry. It could take two or three years to actually dry to the, to the moisture we want. If we have sites from the coastal areas, it dries really quickly in about three months and a little bit too quickly. So if we bring it all to the depot here, kind of all kind of dries around the same time and everybody's kind of getting a fair deal. Okay. And there's numbers on the ends of some of the, the logs. So we have just over a thousand members on our books. So basically, they're all ranged according to counties, um, and every every member has got a unique number, so they can come and look at their timber stack drying. Uh, it's very exciting to look at. <laughs> it's only as interesting as waiting for a kettle to boil. Isn't it? That's about it. Yeah, watching paint dry. Yeah, that's it exactly. 
This is Alex Kelly and she's manager of the Irish Wood Producers. Irish Wood Producers was established through the amalgamation of the Kilkenny, Wexford and Waterford Wood Producers in 2013. This amalgamation was instigated through the Vulcan Project, a collaboration between Danone Food Company and Kilkenny Leader Partnership. So the Vulcan project um, was an ecosystem project from Danone and it was to develop local supply chains for delivering wood chip into their new boiler in Wexford Town. So it was a wonderful opportunity to basically get all the, all the producer groups to meet together and to network and uh, three of them came together, Wexford, Kilkenny and Waterford and we started supplying back in 2013 into Danone. So we were just watching your dad there, tell us what he was doing. So the trailers after bringing them in from the field and tipping them in the shed, my father was pushing it up more so you could fit more in. And what sort of a, a machine was he on? It was a JCV TM320S with a bucket on the front. Okay. Just pushing. Uh, and what's your name? Kieran Roberts. Kieran. And what do you think about trees and stuff like that? It's good now, but I'd say I'd have to prefer the fireman. Would you? Yeah. Why is that then? It's a little bit boring, it's in my opinion. Yeah. But um, it's good now. It's good crack as well. Kieran's father, Nicholas, is a farmer and member of the Irish Wood Producers. He operates their wood fuel depot and he also grows trees for timber. We have 10 acres that was planted in 1991. It was some difficult land, so we've thinned that three times Twice, sorry, and it, it's due to be clear-filled in about three or four more years. So we've tinned it tw- uh, twice and we use the pulpwood for our own customers. We also used to do some firewood um, and the rest of it then was moved off to the sawmills, the pallet and the saw log, the small bit of saw log was in it. But the big clear-fell will come in 2024, so uh, the pulpwood from that then will go to Danone or to some of my own customers as well. And Sitka spruce, obviously. Yes, what I have here is all Sitka. The majority of what comes in here is Sitka. There's some larch, some Douglas and some hardwood. And unfortunately now, ash, because of the ash dieback, there's more and more ash coming in as well. And your father took that step, obviously, to, to plant. And th- that journey, was that a, a steep learning curve, like taking it on yourself as farmers? Or did you have outside input to direct? Yeah, at the time we did, we, we got an outside contractor. Um, and so they would have done everything. Literally, they would have done everything, but they would have they would have taken the grants as well for the first four or five years as well. So basically, yes, there was no outlay. But I, if I was back again, I probably would have took control of it and, and just engaged the land drainage contractors and all the rest of it and just just get it done ourselves. But at the time, we were quite happy to do it. And when your grants were finished, then you were in, nearly into your first tinning. So, um, but sure, look at you, you learn these things that maybe the hard way. Um, that's the way we done it anyway. Yeah. And is there a lot of minding on it, like, you know, for a farmer who's maybe going to do it himself? Not really, no. I suppose the first few years, it's it's just making sure the crop gets up and gets established. After that, then, you have to open up some sort of inspection paths, maybe after 10 or 12 years. Um, just make sure that if somebody wants to come in to have a look, that they can physically get in, because it will, it will form a canopy, so you can't get into it too easy. Um, and then obviously just weeds around the perimeter and all the rest of it. But no, it's not. It's not that taxing. Certainly not looking after like looking after cattle daily. No, no. So, but like anything, you need to watch, You need to keep an eye on your crop as well.
According to Nicholas Roberts, you couldn't get as green a local supply chain as what the Irish wood producers have going on with the wood chip. There's my forestry down there. Mm. It was harvested and left here, brought up here, chipped up and moved to Wexford. Like it didn't come from Siberia or didn't come from, you know, some of your oil countries. It literally was grown there, chipped here into Wexford. Very, very small circle. If that's not green, I don't know what is. Just 60 centimetres diameter, so it can chip quite uh, large diameter timber. Watching wood chip being chipped is kind of mesmerising, but we have to stand away from the wood chipper for safety. So we join another Nicholas, Nicholas Sweetman, director of the Irish Wood Producers. He's watching one of his own trees go through the chipper. Are they your tea trees? Yeah, yeah. They're uh, Scots pine, which was planted as a nurse crop for oak. I was at the moment, I've only actually planted native woodland, so these are... Uh, um, Scots pine is the only softwood which is native to Ireland. They'll be making What's it like to... I suppose you don't mind. You wouldn't have got well, so attached to them. No, I'm not attached to this, to those particular things because they were in the way, if you like. But the, the woodland that are coming out of it will be much better as a result. In fact, it'll be a pure oak woodland, pretty much. Well, there's some alder as well, but it'll be all hardwood. Nicholas Sweetman's father first started planting trees in the 1960s and Nicholas has continued and will continue to plant trees for two reasons, money and the environment. Um, I would like to be able to say that it's purely for environmental reasons. It isn't. um, I actually believe that it's quite a good commercial enterprise in any way. Um, Forestry uh, is, according to Chagos, probably the second most profitable enterprise there is in, in, in agriculture, yes. So Chagas would, would say, the figures do prove that. Um, it's not just about the environment, even though obviously everybody does know, I hope, at this stage that forestation and forestry is really excellent for the environment. Um, and even softwoods are excellent for the environment in terms of uh, carbon sequestration. It has been shown also by Chagas that the most efficient carbon sequestering crop there is is short rotation softwood forestry in fact multiple rotations uh, the the carbon measuring tool, tool clearly shows that that is the case so it's even superior to um, broadleaves mm-hmm. in fact it's way superior to broadleaves which isn't to say that I'm against broadleaves in fact all my forestry now is pretty much natural woodland pretty much any forest plant nowadays is a, a real boon to biodiversity as well as to uh, carbon sequestration so from those points of view I'm interested in that area uh, anyway and uh, I believe strongly that uh, this country needs to really get behind a a new afforestation programme and despite talk I don't see action at the moment so I'd be very strongly of the opinion that unless we get our act together and start to really promote forestry properly uh, the future is not going to be bright in terms of our uh, carbon sequestration targets and uh, the targets are clear, 51% of um, reducing emissions by 2030. And that the way we're going, forestry is not going to be the solution to that problem because we simply aren't foresting. Foresting now is at the lowest level it's been in the last 70 years. Mm. 1949 was the last year we planted la- less than last year. So I'm strongly in favour of it and I know this project is about uh, promoting forestry. I can see nothing but good in a forestation for this country at our levels of 11%.
which you know are way too low and we need to be um, up to the 20% at least uh, and still we would be one of the lowest in Europe even at 20%. Climate change is such an uh, kind of in, intangible kind of a thing for, for us maybe here in Ireland and maybe the, the carrot would be money and making money um, from yeah. timber and, and that is possible. Absolutely, yeah, as I said, um, Chagas have shown that it's the second most profitable enterprise. Yeah, I mean, you get the planting grant, actually, it will be spent on the planting, so that, so you're not going to make much out of the planting grant. But the uh, premium, you're, you're, there's a 15-year premium. It should be, it, it was a very retrograde step for it to come back from 20 years to 15. It was an appallingly bad decision, but that decision was made. But there is a 15-year premium. If you're planting relatively good land, the first thinnings will come in about 18 or thereabouts shortly after the premium runs out. And so then there's income from your thinnings. And then there will obviously, if it's a clearfell situation, there will be a healthy income from the clearfell. Um, continuous cover forestry is the buzzword now. So, so that involves taking out small bits of timber over a long period of time and keeping the woodland there on a permanent basis. Um, the economics of that are not as well proven as perhaps they should be. But, you know, in other countries, that is the economic model. So, um, yeah, th- there's a shortage of timber worldwide. Timber prices actually have never been as good as they are now. And I don't see that, that changing. I can only see, uh, you know, more demand and more demand. Uh, for everything in terms of energy as well, bioenergy, I mean, Aden Dairy's burning wood chip. Um, premiums, what do you mean by premiums? Um, you, you, if you plant your forest, you, you get a premium each year. A premium is kind uh, of money. Per hectare, yes. Money, money oh yes. <laughs> yeah. So the government gave you money then? Just yes, yes, food? yeah. Oh yes, yes, there's a premium each year for, for the first 15 years. Um, it's because the premium is there due to income for gone. It, it's always been understood that if you plant a field, take this lovely field here of grass, if, if you plant that with trees, you're going to have no income for the first... 15, 20 years anyway. So, so it's, it's a way of encouraging people to plant. Call it a grant if you like. It's called premium, in fact, and it varies depending on what you plant. So if you plant um, hardwoods, for instance, the premium is higher than if you plant softwoods. Uh, there are different um, grades, you know, but the, the premiums are you know, quite substantial. Um, they range up around 600 for some types of forestry per annum per hectare you know so sure that's a no-brainer then isn't it like it's a no-brainer to, <laughs> to my view it is but it's a long-term investment as a wood producer in a wood producers group nicholas believes that the government should support producer groups more this might well encourage more farmers to plant trees he believes what we're trying to do in producer groups is to get farmers more involved in the management and the day-to-day life of their forest to take a more intimate interest in it so that they're more in control of the product and more in control of what's happening in the forest. And uh, so that's the role of producer groups. They're very uh, much the driving force of forestry across Europe, but they're quite a recent phenomenon in Ireland. And uh, we would be certainly of the opinion that they need to be supported far more than they are currently. So that's another thing we want the government to do which is to give proper support to producer groups which are really only in their infancy. But uh, the producer group network is not strong enough as, as it, it's not as strong as it should be uh, simply because there's very, it's very difficult to get funding in the start-up phases. 
and you need to have professionals involved you need to have uh, you know it, you, you can't survive long term on just voluntary effort and at the moment we're completely dependent on voluntary effort uh, in most cases. The Wood Producer Group is a kind of a cooperative and is a supportive space for farmers and their trees. So the company is a not-for-profit, so we've limited staff, so, so we do our best because we try and give all the profits back to our members, basically, that's the whole point of it. Um, but our volunteers are fantastic, we couldn't do without them, and we, we haven't forgotten our grassroots as well. We still do events and training courses and workshops. Uh, we've, we've been very uh, quiet during COVID, but like that, we plan in 2022 to go back to that again because it's really important for us to get out to our members, and it's lovely to meet our members, and at times it's very much more like a social club than it is than a, than a company, even though it is a commercial company. Um, it's all about our members as well so and we couldn't be here without our volunteers and we're, we're very grateful to um, all our, our all our volunteers to help us with everything we do as well yeah so basically it is like farmer foresters helping other farmer foresters yes it's a collaboration and the more collaboration we can have between other producer groups and with our stakeholders we're still in touch with with contacts across Europe the more we can learn and it is we do need to, d- to adapt in forestry we've had ash die back and we're trying to evolve and find better ways of doing that and we are still trying to experiment how we can get the optimum for our members and you know reinstate the sites mm-hmm. so it's of benefit to our members as well so it's all about trying to combine the financial end of things but also sustainability and managing sites correctly as well. Mm-hmm. Will Gabbett is from Kilkenny and he's a member of the Irish Wood Producers. He grows trees on his land and he has his own wood chipper too. In a shed outside his house sits the biomass boiler that burns the wood chip that heats his home. The primary principle of it is heating water, which is then the medium for moving the heat around the, the buildings um, because in, in oil or gas you can flick a switch it heats very hot small amount volume of water and on and off as you like it whereas these biomass boilers there's a, a slow up and down uh, a increase in temperature in the buffers but uh, yeah that allows you to use we've solar panels on the other side of the um, on the other side of the shed there so they'll bring the base water temperature from 10 degrees to 20 degrees and then it's easier for the wood chip boiler to bring it up then again to to where you want it destination of about 80 80 75 these days we must wean ourselves off fossil fuels and keep the carbon in the ground so as to prevent further global warming the use of local wood as a fuel alternative to oil and gas is much better though it still releases carbon into the atmosphere you're right uh Wood fuel is not carbon neutral, but it's a hell of a lot better than burning fossil fuels. Ultimately, the carbon that's uh, in this material has come from the atmosphere. There's additional carbon that's used by transporting and chipping and everything. But when you add it all up, this has got to be better than the than the status quo at the moment. So uh, I, I I'd love to see more of these around the country and more of more uh, where where it's applicable being used because. You know, this is a we're in a shed here that's the size of a of a very large garden shed, and that's not going to work for everyone. Um, but in its place, it's fantastic. Um, and yes, there's issues with particulates in the coming out of a of a stack, like anything that's being burnt. But 
in its situation here, it's perfectly fine. So no, I I, I would think and like to think anyway that that uh, wood chip and biomass has a large part to play in in ach- achieving our uh, green um, goals. You know, we're ticking a lot of boxes here. The the waste timber as well can can go in to supplement our heat production here too. So trying to be as sustainable as possible. But at the end of the day, my back pocket is also better off than than when it was when we were uh, burning oil. So. I think it would be short-sighted to not use all the resources that we have here on the farm to generate heat to keep us our bills down and our green footprint as big as possible. And that's what it comes down to, money and the environment. It's hard to separate the two, though some might like to. And as a landowner, it seems that at the moment anyway, there's money and environmental matters in trees. Here's an interesting fact about trees. 11% of Ireland is woodland. This figure is low for a European country. In comparison, Germany has 32%, Italy has 35%, France has 37%, Russia has 49% and Finland has a staggering 72% woodland cover. Trees from seed to sawdust is funded by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine as part of the Woodland Support Project.